Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. Welcome into your crossover Thursday episode here at the Locked On Podcast Network. I am David Harrison from the Locked On Bucks podcast. Cody Rourke from the Locked On Broncos podcast unfortunately had to go in for some emergency surgery. I'm not violating HIPAA because he tweeted it himself. Cody, uh, from all of us, of course, and all of your listeners, I'm sure in Broncos country, we wish you. All the best. Looking forward to your recovery and return to the airwaves where you belong. But never fear because filling in for Cody on today's crossover episode is Patrick Coyote and Zach Seegers. But before we get to that, guys, we got to let you know this episode is brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL and sponsor of today's Crossover Thursday episode. Patrick and Zach, welcome. Thank you first first and foremost from the network in general and of course all of the fans because no Broncos fans want to listen to me talk about the Never Broncos uh, Patrick, Zach, introduce yourselves. Yeah, uh, my name is Patrick Coyote. I've been uh, been with PFN, Pro Football Network, and uh, you can find some of my work on Pigskin Nut and with the first pick as well. Looking forward to this crossover event. I haven't been able to do one of these yet, but I'm really excited to talk Bucks and Broncos this week. You know, like likewise, really excited uh, to talk about this one. Um, can find my work over there on Twitter at Zach underscore Seegers. That's Z-A-C-H underscore S-E-G-A-R-S. And then I uh, can find my stuff over there at Pro Football Network with uh, Patrick and Cody, uh, as well as Mile High Sports. It sucks. We're, we're happy to be here. We wish it was under other circumstances. You know, it's everyone's down for the Broncos, our quarterback, our best offensive player, our best defensive player, and uh, our podcast host. So we're, we're hurting. Yeah, we're just adding Cody to that long list of injuries on the injury report. And of course, we will get to the Denver Broncos injury report here as it is. Recording on Wednesday for our Thursday episode, of course, the first injury reports for both of these teams dropping as they look forward to the week three matchup there in Denver. Uh, Guys, we'll start off with the Buccaneers injury report just because it's the short one. Uh, Wide receiver Chris Godwin hitting the list with a concussion that he suffered against the New Orleans Saints in week one caused him to miss the week two win over the Carolina Panthers. Good news for the Buccaneers is he was a full participant at practice, just going through the concussion protocol, waiting to be cleared by the NFL should be a full go for week three there against the Broncos. Other wide receivers, Scotty Miller and Justin Watson, both hitting the injury report today. Miller was a limited participant with a hip slash groin injury. And then Justin Watson, more concerning because he he did not participate at all in practice today with a shoulder injury. Left tackle for the Buccaneers, Donovan Smith, had a knee injury, was a limited participant, as well as Jason Pierre-Paul, also limited with a knee as well. Guys, what stands out from that injury report for you? And what are your thoughts on that? that five-member Buccaneers injury report? I think the biggest one for me is is looking at Chris Godwin's health. Uh, you know, him him coming back into this game is obviously a big thing for the Bucs. And, and it's 
a concern for the Denver defense that's been giving up a lot of passing yards uh, over the first two weeks. The other one being Jason Pierre-Paul. Obviously, this is a guy who, you know, you need in order to create pressure on the quarterback. And that's something that Denver has has had issues with this season and especially last week, giving up seven sacks in total to the Steelers. So those are the two guys for me that really stand out. Yeah, J- JPP is a big one for sure. Um, the the one that uh, is most on my radar, though, is Chris Godwin uh, being back in the mix and then Scotty Miller, too, to some extent. Broncos are already down their best quarter uh, cornerback, that is, sorry, with uh, A.J. Bouye being out. Um, they're, they're trotting out a rookie there with uh, Michael Ojemudia. You've, not, you've got Bryce Callahan, but he's a smaller guy. You know, maybe he can uh, match up with Chris Godwin some, but, um, you know, if the, if the Bucks have – Evans and Godwin on the field, uh, they can really attack this Broncos defense because you're looking at two rookies and a drafted rookie being one of them in a saying Bassey. Um, and then Michael Ojemudia asked to go against two pro bowl caliber. Mike Evans is an all pro caliber wide receiver. And then you've got Tom Brady who knows how to dissect a defense better than anyone back there, uh, dicing it up. I think, uh, when you look at how, um, uh, uh, beat up this Broncos secondary is as well as the pass rush and you look at uh, how much talent uh, the Bucks have at quarterback and in the receiving core I think that's got to be an area that's that's circled absolutely and moving over to the home team side the Denver Broncos injury report uh, bear with me folks here we got three players who did not participate in today's practice Devontae Harris with a hamstring injury Philip Lindsay still nursing that turf toe and then Drew Locke of course with that shoulder injury uh, to his throwing shoulder that he suffered against Pittsburgh Steelers. Limited participants, defensive lineman Jarrell Casey, uh, another defensive end, Shelby Harris, wide receiver Jerry Judy, also banged up in that Steelers game, safety Trey Marshall, and then four guys who were full participants but still listed on the injury report, Garrett Bowles, who I know has had a little bit of a nagging issue going on there, and then Jake Butt, probably the main two out of that group there at the tight end position. And guys, I got to say that the name that kind of stands out to me the most has got to be Jerry Judy. I know he left the Steelers game, came back uh, to play after Sutton got injured, Sutton landing on the IR and former Buccaneer uh, Mark Barron also landing on the IR today. So obviously missing this game as well as at least another two. Uh, the question I have for you gentlemen, is there a chance that we see Philip Lindsay come back? Cause I know the initial report was kind of like a couple weeks or, you know, maybe a little bit more. Is there a chance that Philip Lindsay comes back in this one? And Jerry Judy, how confident are you, limited participant today, how confident are you that he's going to be able to be healthy enough to really make an impact against this Buccaneers defense on Sunday? As far as Jerry Judy goes, it is concerning for me because already without Cortland Sutton, this is a a wide receiver core that really relied on him to be that guy. Uh, Judy was kind of going to be that that Robin to Sutton's Batman. Uh, and now he finds himself more of in that Nightwing role where he's kind of the, he's trying to take over as a lead guy, but can't really find that way. And for him to be suffering this, this ribs injury, it's, it's definitely a concern um, because that means that Tim Patrick is going to be the number one wide receiver for the, for the Broncos if Judy can't go. And then you have KJ Hamler, another rookie who's really more of a, a slot receiver uh, taking over as that number two. Uh, Jeff Driscoll is going to need as many weapons as he can against this Buccaneers secondary. As for Lindsey, um, you know, I would be pretty surprised if he ended up playing this game, but I think that's okay for them because like Patrick said, uh, Gordon's a great starter. You know, he's looked like the Melvin Gordon of old. He doesn't look like 
a lot of these running backs that sign their second contract and fall off a cliff. He, he went for over five yards per carry against the Titans and uh, you know, they have a pretty good run defense. Um, you know, I think that can keep the bucks on their toes, but I still think this incredible bucks uh, run defense has the edge there. Um, I do think the Broncos depth, the running back will be okay as well though, with uh, Royce Freeman being that number two, uh, a role he, he was okay in last year uh, being the number two to Lindsay. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up our review of the first injury reports of the week. Again, keep an eye out for those Thursday and Friday reports as we get closer to Sunday and the week three matchup between the Denver Broncos and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As we do this crossover Thursday episode, uh, unfortunately, again, Cody Rourke from the Locked On Broncos podcast couldn't be with us because he is in the fully capable hands of medical professionals there in Colorado getting his repairs. And if you're listening to this show, somewhere you can go to make sure you're getting everything you need to fully repair your vehicle is to rockauto.com, one of the sponsors of this network and, of course, of this show. Why would you choose to spend 30 50 100% or more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store that you or at a new car dealership that you can get at rockauto.com? Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Again, why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Back again here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Crossover Thursday, talking week three between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Denver Broncos. I'm David Harrison. Find everything that I'm doing over at BucksNation.com and on Twitter at DHarrison82. Joined by Patrick Chioti and Zach Seegers. All right, guys, and continuing our dive into the week three matchup between the Denver Broncos and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, something that we kind of glazed over, talked about a lot of the weapons and a lot of the guys who might be able to step up for the Denver Broncos, but of course that injury to Drew Locke. So he's going to be out. Jeff Driscoll now elevates to that starting position. We had Jake Arians on our show just yesterday, and he was talking very highly about Driscoll as a quarterback, talking about as a five-star recruit coming out of high school, really talented kid who's just really kind of been put into some really bad situations. What are your guys' thoughts about Driscoll entering this week three competition? Because we know the Broncos added uh, Blake Bortles, Obviously not going to be ready to go by the time he gets COVID cleared. No way that you can expect him to be ready to fire off by week three by Sunday. And then Brett Rippon on the practice squad. Uh, first of all, I guess part of the question is, which one of those guys do you expect to be the active backup, honestly? And then what do you what are your expectations for Driscoll to run this offense in week three? Yeah, I think that's a it's a good question. Yeah, in, and it really the backup uh, that is active is really going to depend on that COVID test. Um, you know, if, if Bortles comes back clear, I'm sure that they'll you know, they'll just keep him active, um, and, and try to avoid bringing up Rippon. Uh, if, if something happens, I'm, I'm sure they'll make Rippon the active quarterback. He's, he's, he has more experience. And, and honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if they just do that anyways. Um, but it, it would only be because he has experience in the system. He knows the playbook well enough. Um, so if he does need to be that emergency guy, he can be. Uh, as far as Driscoll goes, you know, going back and, and really looking at that Pittsburgh Steelers game, um, he didn't do a terrible job with some things. Um, there were a lot of things that, you know, clearly showed, okay, this guy is a backup quarterback. This guy did not get any practice reps during the week. And mainly it was just his, 
when he held the ball too long, he gave up six sacks against the Steelers. And I know it's the Steelers and, and they have uh, TJ Watt and Bud Dupree and they have this really good pass rush, but six sacks is a lot of sacks for you to give up on offense. Uh, and, and that really goes back to holding on to the ball too long, not making the right reads quick enough. Uh, and, and if you go back and you look at that film and, and the play that really stuck out to me the most uh, was the fourth and two within two minutes of the game. Um, you know, he, he had Tim Patrick and he had Melvin Gordon in the middle of the field. Both of them were open for, for the pass and, and he just held the ball a tick too long and got sacked. So for me, I just need to see him be more decisive. And I understand that that comes with practice reps and what have you. Uh, but I really just need to see him be more decisive with the ball, get the ball out. And he did throw the ball extremely well. I mean, the, the wheel, the wheel route that he threw to Melvin Gordon for the touchdown was a beautiful ball. It was perfectly placed. It had just enough loft on it. It was a perfect pass. Uh, he, and he had a couple of passes to Noah Fant, the touchdown to Noah Fant and the pass along the sideline that Fant kind of bobbled, but was able to keep in. Those were great passes. And, you know, if Driscoll can just make those easy throws, uh, and, and really take advantage because the Bucks defense, their run defense is really good. He's going to have to attack them through the air so he's going to have to hit the quick passes when he needs to make his pre-snap reads and really determine uh the the next move that he wants to make because he won't have a ton of room for error tom brady is one of the best quarterbacks when it comes to taking advantage of certain situations and and if he takes anywhere near the amount of sacks that he took against the Steelers, he's going to be in for a rough day i really do want to see driscoll succeed because like you said he's he's been put in some really crappy situations, you know, in, in Cincinnati and then with Detroit. Uh, but he does have, he does have athletic ability. He has a decent enough arm to get the job done. I really want to see him be able to just keep the offense afloat. I'm not going to sit here and say he needs to throw for 350 and four touchdowns, but just do enough. The Buccaneers defense, probably the part of the, of this team that doesn't quite get enough love, especially as secondary coming in, uh, quoted by some people as being ranked 32nd in the National Football League. They have definitely worn that as a badge of honor to come out here uh, in 2020 and prove everybody who doubted them wrong. And, and so far, they've, they've done a pretty good job, even with the 1-1 one one record and the loss of the Saints. The defense uh, has played well enough to be 2-0. and I don't know how many Buccaneers fans are being vocal about it, but you have to believe there's a pretty solid population of the Buccaneers fan base that pretty much thinks this is going to be a slam dunk. There is a player with ties to the Denver Broncos. And you knew his name was going to come up in this conversation today because he's coming back to Denver for, for, for the first time since leaving the Broncos franchise, signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and becoming what, what, what most Bucks people would tell you should have been the 2019 defensive player of the year. And of course, talking about outside linebacker Shaq Barrett. What are your memories of Shaq Barrett there in Denver? We know that the Broncos did want to keep him on as a depth piece, but he pretty much said to us when he came to Tampa, he knew about a year and a half before he actually left that his time there was not going to last and that he was going to have to go somewhere else to get his opportunity, as he put it, to start the game on the field and then to also stay on the field at the end of the game in the most critical moments. Uh, are you looking forward to seeing him come back for one? Obviously not as opponent, but just as, as the player and from watching him there for all those years with the Broncos. And what do you expect from him in week three coming into Denver with zero sacks so far in 2020? You had him come in as an undrafted free agent behind Von Miller, Demarcus Ware, and an often forgotten but a legitimate first-round pick in Shane Ray that the Broncos also had big plans for. Um, and, and so he was always towards the back end of that that edge rusher depth chart, and the, he was an integral part of that Super Bowl 50 
winning team, even though he was, or he started the season as their, you know, their fourth pass rusher. Um, he was, he was a key piece because he allowed Von Miller and Demarcus Ware, uh, more important for Ware because he was older to constantly stay fresh and for that defense to still generate the same amount of pressure. Um, because they could just rotate him out constantly. There were games, the, the Browns game sticks out to me as one, where he was the best pass rusher the Broncos had. And we're talking about Von Miller, a first ballot Hall of Famer uh, in his best season, arguably of his career, and Demarcus Ware, um, a first ballot Hall of Famer as well, and then a first round pick. And there were games where Shaq Barrett was the best pass rusher on the field. So he's a, a very special talent. All that said, I don't think you're going to see many 19-sack seasons out of the guy. Um, I love him. I, I want more 19-sack seasons out of him. But I think that that was just the season where the stars aligned. I think he can be a consistent double-digit sack guy. And if the Bucks were to sign him to a big extension, he'd be worth it. Um, I, I just do think the 19-sack number was a slight anomaly. Um, one thing I did want to circle back to, you you mentioned how you know the Bucks fans are thinking this is a bit of a slam dunk. I, I would caution that perception. You know, the Broncos lost with all these injuries surprising them. They didn't have the, the opportunity to game plan for it. Uh, and they had a, a weird uh, safety. Uh, a lot of things went against them. They had a dropped uh, interception. They had a push off that wasn't called that led to a touchdown. And they lost to the Steelers by five on the road. Um, now they're back home. They can game plan with, for this uh, depleted squad. And and I'd pick the Bucks. I got to put money on it. I'd pick the Bucks. And I'm not coming here as a Broncos homer. My my dad lives in Palm Harbor. My grandfather's a diehard Bucks fan. Uh, I I would be worried if I was a Bucks fan. You know, like this is not a slam dunk. Vic Fangio's squad is built to play you close, to play you tough, to make you fight for a victory. And even though the Bucks should win, and all the matchups, the key matchups, favor them in a big way, uh, I I don't think this is a slam dunk. This Broncos roster. Uh, is not going to just go into the night quietly. I mean, anybody not expecting the Denver Broncos uh, to come out, like we said, putting it all on the line, uh, have another thing coming on Sunday. And then playing in Denver is always hard. Uh, you guys don't know that some of our Locked On Bucks listeners do. I actually hail from Castle Rock, Colorado. And I can tell you that from the time where I left Colorado and came back and tried to do any type of exercise, it sucks. I'm just going to say it sucks to try to work out or do anything really overly physical in Colorado when you're not used to that altitude and it, it does have an impact on people we've seen the nuggets for years uh well four years they did try to kind of keep that um tempo pace and use that against opponents but this is an nba podcast so we'll get back to football and coming up guys we're going to flip the script a little bit broncos country has some questions i'm sure about the tampa bay buccaneers so we're going to let patrick and zach throw those at me and i'll do my best to answer those on today's crossover thursday episode here at the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brought to you today by my bookie. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code Locked On and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. All right, guys, back here to wrap up this Crossover Thursday episode. Patrick Coyote, Zach Seegers, and David Harrison here talking week three Denver Broncos and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And gentlemen, you have been so gracious to answer my questions about the Denver Broncos. So I'm going to give you this time now to throw some questions at me about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before we get to our final picks for the week. Looking at this, uh, looking at this Tampa Bay team and, and how they're coming in uh, to this Broncos game, you know, it, it's tough to, it's tough to find a, a, a spot where you would have a legitimate concern. Uh, but I, I guess 
my question for you would be, what are your thoughts, uh, you know, considering Brady's play through the first two weeks, facing a defense like Vic Fangio's defense, what are your biggest concerns for Brady in this offense going into this game? You know, I think the biggest concern for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense really has to be that continued effort to get that continuity and to get comfortable with each other fully. There's still mistakes. You saw them really big in week one, mistakes that they were making on some miscommunications, some misreads. Then you go to the Carolina Panthers game and there's still some miscommunications and some some things that they've got to clean up. And if you're looking at it in the in the karmic world of the NFL gods, I mean, this really is kind of the best situation you can come into facing this Denver Broncos team. So really what you need to see from this offense is not shooting yourself in the foot because this Denver Broncos team, incredibly motivated. If you give them a couple of possessions, you give them a couple opportunities to make some plays or you just hand over the ball to them, give them some extra possessions, the Broncos could definitely turn that into some points and momentum. And when you're the favorite, when you're the team that's supposed to come in and win this game, which if the Buccaneers are a playoff team, everybody's saying you should come in and win this game. When you get when you fall behind, especially when you fall behind beating yourself, that kind of pressure and that kind of stress and a little bit of panic in some of these young guys to start to build up and can start snowball a little bit. And that could be the exact thing the Broncos look for, that light that lets them kind of get that sliver in the door, kick that sucker down and, and take this thing home. Yeah, you know, my I, I think you're dead on there. I think the Bucks have to be uh, uh like I was saying before, at least a little cautious because you know, if, if you open the door a little bit, the, the Broncos team is a lot like the Nuggets team, you know, and we've seen it in the playoffs. Uh, you know, the Clippers and Jazz opened the door just a little bit, and next thing you know, Nuggets are advancing. Those other teams are getting sent home, and I think uh, if the Bucks open the door for the Broncos, they need to be uh, worried. With that said, um, you know, I think you should feel confident about uh, the Buccaneers' ability to move the ball through the air. Uh, Broncos are down their best cornerback. They're they're starting a rookie out there. You've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, which is probably the most potent one-two punch receiving core um, in the league. I, I guess my question would be, uh, how scared should the Broncos be of this Buccaneers rushing attack? You know, they've got Ronald Jones, who had a horrible rookie season, got a little better last year, um, but still hasn't quite lived up to that second-round billing. You've got Leonard Fournette. Uh, you know, who, who adds another element to it, had, had a big touchdown rush last week. Um, how, how worried should the Broncos be about this Buccaneers ground game? Yeah, that's really an aspect of this game that I'm really looking forward to seeing. And when I, when I look at the Buccaneers backfield, I, I like Ronald Jones a lot. I still think he's got a whole lot of potential that he still has yet to tap into and yet to meet. Um, I don't know if this is the week that we kind of see that really big explosive run that Buccaneers fans were all excited about when he got drafted out of USC. But what I'm really looking forward to seeing is just how early Leonard Fournette gets involved in this game. So we saw in Carolina, he got involved later in the game, and Bruce Arians went on record and kind of talked about how he liked having Fournette fresh for those later parts in the game to really kind of bleed that clock and pound an already tired defense who's been running around chasing Ronald Jones. It sounds like a really smart plan to me to wait and kind of use Fournette in the second half more than in the first half. Broncos defense comes into the second half if they're playing from behind. And they're already a little bit banged up. They're already a little bit tired from chasing around those other weapons. And then you use Leonard Fournette to get some of those big body blows up the middle between the tackles, what have you, against that defense. It could really get a little bit ugly a little bit uh, quicker than, than Broncos country is going to be happy to see. And I look back at last week and James Conner, 16 carries, 106 yards and a touchdown, really just ran all over the Broncos defense, six and a half yards per carry average. I mean, we know James Conner is a talented guy, but a lot of that has to do with the Steelers' offensive line. Um, and a lot of that has to do with James, but a lot of that has to do with, again, that, that a little bit banged up and depleted Denver Broncos defense. So I really think 
to me, this is a game where Leonard Fournette could really make a lot of people a lot of money or fantasy money, fantasy points in the second half, even if Bruce Arian sticks to his guns and doesn't use him till later. But I kind of feel like this is the week we might see Leonard Fournette really get those. Is he taking the number one spot from Rojo rumors spinning? Because they're already starting to circle. But I think this is the game where if, if Leonard Fournette gets going early and he gets a couple of big runs against his Broncos defense, we might see Bruce Arians go with the quote-unquote hot hand and you can see Leonard Fournette have a big game. But now we've come to the, the moment of truth. Uh, and we don't have the full information, obviously. Again, still two more days left on, of injury reports to come out and everything. But as of right now, as we're sitting here recording this, the Buccaneers, according to mybookie.ag, six-point favorites uh, on, on the bylines there, on the betting lines if you're that kind of a person. So, guys, uh, we'll start with you. Who are you taking as far as against the spread? Uh, I'm taking the Bucks in this game. I, I think that... You know, I think that with Godwin coming back, that gives an, another weapon for Tom Brady to use. Um, you know, Tom Brady's got experience playing at that altitude. You know, it, he's he's one of those guys that's been in Denver a lot. The way that the Broncos secondary has been playing, they've been giving up a lot, uh, a lot of air yards, and and without that consistent pressure on the quarterback, um, you know, it it just gives Brady more time to dissect, and and that's always going to be a bad thing. So I, I am going to take the I am going to take the Bucks in this one, but uh, you know, like like we've said, don't fully count out the Broncos completely. Take the Bucks, but don't count the Broncos out completely, and that's why I probably wouldn't bet this game. You know, I think the Bucks probably cover or, or get close to that six-point number. They might even cover. Uh, but Vic Fangio is just not going to lose many, you know, games by more than one possession. He'll lose some, but I think last year, you know, it was like the Chiefs games, where are the two that stand out as the – only ones that were one-sided to say, you know, I, I just think it's going to be close. It's, it's going to be hard fought. I think the bucks will kind of lead the whole time and be in control the whole time, but uh, the Broncos aren't going to make it easy on them. And uh, you know, they're going to get a little more, more fight than I think they'd expect. Yeah. You know, when I look at that six point line, I do think that the Buccaneers will be able to cover, but I don't think it's going to be like a two touchdown victory for Tampa there in Denver. I'm looking more like 10 points. I think 10 points is probably what we're looking at. And and even that, I think you're talking about maybe like a, a field goal added to make it a 10-point game with two minutes and 40 seconds or something like that left in the fourth quarter. And it ends up being a game where, honestly, uh, I've been covering the Buccaneers for, for a little while now. And this just kind of feels like the game in Buccaneers history is going to go down where the Bucs will win. But people outside the, the organization, the fan base, some of the local media will still look at it and say it's a moral defeat because they should have, you know, blown this team out of their own stadium, something like that heading into week four, where I actually feel like the Buccaneers offense will probably click better uh, than we've seen so far in this season in week four against the Chargers. But because they're playing a little bit more of a stout defense, maybe it doesn't look as pretty because that's just kind of the way things happen in the Buccaneers universe. So yeah, I'm taking the Buccaneers. I do think they cover the spread. Like I said, I'm probably going as high as 10 points. So even if that spread lifts up during the season or during the week up to maybe eight points like it was against Carolina, still probably pretty confident in that, but obviously less confident the higher that spread gets. Uh, so, guys, that's going to wrap it up for today's Crossover Thursday episode here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We've been talking Broncos country and Bucks Nation. Patrick and Zach, appreciate your time as always. One last time, really wishing well to Cody Rourke, host of the Locked On Broncos podcast. Follow him at Cody Rourke NFL. 
gentlemen, let the let the good people know where to follow you at as well before we head out of here. Yeah, uh, at Patrick Chioti on Twitter. That's P-A-T-R-I-C-K-C-H-I-O-T-T-I. You can find my work on Pro Football Network, pigskinnut.com, and at With the First Pick. Uh, just want to say, you know, Cody, best wishes. Can't wait for you to recover. Um, yeah, find me on Twitter at Zach Seegers. Um, that's Zach with a C-H underscore S-E-G-A-R-S. Um, got stuff on profootballnetwork.com slash Broncos. Uh, and then, of course, on milehighsports.com uh, as well. Uh, echoing Patrick's thoughts to Cody, you know, uh, best of luck to him. Hope he feels better. Um, you know, thanks so much for having us on to uh, fill in for him. And, uh, yeah, just just thanks so much for having us. Yeah, definitely. We greatly appreciate you guys. Good luck to you guys and all of your endeavors. Good luck to the Denver Broncos on Sunday. I'm David Harrison. Follow me on Twitter at dharrison82. Find everything I'm doing covering the Buccaneers over at bucksnation.com. Until the next time we talk, ladies and gentlemen, this has been your Crossover Thursday episode for week three. Be safe. Be good to each other. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.